All right, everybody, welcome to the Eternal Leadership Podcast. This is John Ramstead. I'm here with Sandra Crawford-Williamson. Hey, Sandra. Hey, John. We're so excited. We had such a great interview today. The I Work For Him couple, Jim and Martha. Aren't they awesome? Yeah, Jim and Martha have just become amazing uh, friends of ours. So just a little background. First of all, Jim and Martha have been married uh, for like 36 years. They met in, I think, elementary school. Both of them were just incredible, successful entrepreneurs and realized that there's kind of this divide between secular and sacred, and this just didn't feel right. And they have spent their life, everybody, just pulling those two together um, mentoring entrepreneurs, discipling couples. They work with a lot of couples that are in business together. And this was just a deep, rich conversation about how to bring your faith into work, what it looks like, practical things on how to do that, um, how to get some things right um, as leaders, uh, kingdom leaders in our own life. And I got to tell you, Sandra, this is one of the favorite conversations um, I've had in, in in a long time. Just loved it. Yeah, they're so inspirational. I mean, as a couple, as entrepreneurs, as, you know, marriage discipleship, they they just kind of do it all and they just have a real heart for for ministry in business, but as couples, as individuals, as entrepreneurs, they have an amazing radio show. I mean, everybody take a listen and send this to everybody you know, because whether you have a job or you don't have a job, or you're looking for a job or you have a business, I mean, this this content is amazing. And with that, here is our interview with Jim and Martha, and we'd love to see you on Facebook, eternalleadership.com, or just forward this to a friend like Sandra said. Here you go. All right, everybody, on the uh, podcast today, we have a special guest. He is one of the favorite guys that I grew up with and didn't even know as I was growing up with. Jim Brangenberg, welcome to the podcast. Hey, John Ramstead. How are you, buddy? And your beautiful bride, Martha. I am here. Who you grew up in, you know, very close to, but also didn't know. So it's funny, everybody out there listening, Jim and I got to know each other, uh, has a, an incredible ministry. I work for him. It's the letter I work, the number four, him. You guys can go to iworkforhim.com. His radio show is just absolutely fantastic, uh, his podcast. And so Jim and I start talking, and we start comparing notes, and we played hockey on the same rink, probably grew up a few hundred yards from each other, went to the same middle school, and then we kind of went different directions in high school. But we grew up playing on the same ball fields and stuff, but really didn't even know each other back then and grew up in the same neighborhood. And it was like, what a crazy small world. <laughs> For it's sure. awesome. It's <laughs> awesome. Love the way God does that stuff. Isn't that awesome? Now, I know one of your, you two, your biggest passions, and this I is... <laughs> and Sandra's kids, uh, they're in the car. They're, you know, man, we, you can do a podcast from anywhere, folks. We're here to give you hope, and her kids love strawberry banana. Um, so, but here, here is uh, your passion, both of you, and I'd love to, for you to talk about where this comes from. And that is connecting our faith, our relationship with the Lord, with the work that we do every day. And I remember, um, Jim, one of the first interviews that we ever did for our podcast was with C. Peter Wagner. And he was the head of church growth at Fuller Theological Seminary. And I asked him that question. I said, how, uh, how many people, how many people in the kind of the traditional church world would ever use the word missionary um, and 
marketplace in the same sentence. She goes, well, unfortunately, that's just not going to happen. But that is really the mission that you guys are on. I think that we're all on. And I'd love to hear from you two where that passion comes from. What is your journey together as a couple and what has developed this into you? And, and then we can talk about what you're doing with that. Well, we have had an incredible journey as a couple, as we met in high school. So we've now known each other going on 36 years, and that's what a great privilege that is. But our journey, we're both entrepreneurs. We Martha came from an entrepreneurial family, and so uh, when we got married, we were in business. We did business. I was an insurance agent, and Martha and I ran an insurance agency, and you know, I, I was mentored. We were mentored by a couple of older couples than us. They were about 17 years older, so we were in our early 20s. They were in their late 30s, and you know, their advice to us was a church is church and business is business. They don't have anything to do with each other. And so that's how we were mentored. Yet when we were involved in these businesses, we saw a great disconnect. It's like, that doesn't make sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense that people who call themselves Christians are the worst people in the world to do business with. And, and honestly, until 2009, the only people I ever lost money in business to were people who call themselves Christians. And I just knew that that's not the, what Jesus had in mind. And, and so we just developed a passion for discipling couples, and it seems like and if we look at the hundred or so couples we've discipled in the last 20 years, the majority of them have been entrepreneurial. We just saw that there was a great disconnect between our faith and our work in our own lives and in their lives. We said, something's got to change, because when I gave my life to Jesus, he became Lord of everything I do, not just, you know— uh, outside of my nine to five, quote unquote, nine to five. Not that I've ever worked a nine to five job, but so our passion is to help Christ followers just connect what they hear on Sunday with what they do in their nine to five because the eternity of millions of people is at stake. Love that. Oh, hey, Martha, go ahead. Well, you know, I think that um, to Jim's point, a lot of times when people come to know the Lord, and one of the one of the things we often hear is. All of me got baptized except for my wallet. You know, I didn't want to, you know, or did I surrender my wallet? And um, we've learned that, you know, in Crown Financial when we were going through that. But I think we haven't had the conversation about our work. And um, yes, our wallet and our work are very connected in a lot of ways. But we just don't think about the influence, the impact, the um just the gift that God has given us in those that are sur that surround us when we go to work. And so just having that discussion of um, why, why are we leaving Jesus at the door when we punch the time clock or when we walk through those, the doors of our work, culture tells us to um, let that be stripped away and not a part of who we are when we're at work. And that's wrong. And so just being able to feed into people and starting the conversations of saying, what, you know, what could I do at work that would give glory to God, that would expand the kingdom, that would um, be a better influence uh, for the kingdom and, and just putting out options for people. And that's what we talk about on the radio. Well, what I love is that you guys are both super successful business people individually, married for 32 years, you know, sweethearts for, for a long, long time because you're super young, but yet you've been married 32 super years. Young. So yeah, I've done, I've done the math. You were dating like in elementary school, I think. So, you know, but then the Lord brought you together with this shared cause and it's beautiful. And it's something John and I talk about a lot that. So many times we meet what I call weekend Christians, right? They're going to church on Saturday or Sunday or both. Um, you know, they're doing their 
Bible study, you know, their Sunday school class, small group, whatever you call it. And then Monday morning rolls around and they go to their office, whether it's down the hall or down the street or across the country. And it's like they forgot everything that they were just focusing on. And let's be honest, I was one of those Christians for a long time in my career and made it to the C-suite and, you know, thought I was all that. And in hindsight, you know, you look back and it's it's total God. Every career success I had um, was through the gifts that the Lord gave me and through the right place, the right time, the people he put in my path. But I think we, you know, we tend to listen to that other voice in our head, which is ego, which tells us that we got us there. We made that money. We got that promotion. We started this company. And, um, you know, we tend to wake up on Monday and look ourselves in the mirror and go, hey, you're pretty cool. And, uh, you know, that that's something that John and I, because of our experiences with, you know, it sounds so cliche, but both of us had near-death experiences and came out of those the other side with a clearer understanding of why the Lord put us here. Um, and so our passion is to help people find that purpose without having to have a near-death experience. Um, and so you guys are coming at it, you know, from a similar approach that you want Christians to be able to minister wherever they are, and especially in their office. Mm-hmm. And and how cool is that, you know, because, you know, our clients, our boss, our family, our car payment, you know, uh, is that why we're working? Or are we working and giving it all to Christ? And if we're giving it all to Christ, that means our workplace is our mission field. So we shouldn't have to go to Africa or, you know, Argentina or Eastern Europe to, to minister to refugees to spread the gospel. We should be able to do it on Monday morning at 8.15 in our breakfast meeting. Hey, hey, Jim and Martha, uh, and I, you know, I echo what Sandra says, but when you guys are going around, you know, talking, teaching, you know, and I'm really interested in, in the work that you do discipling couples. Uh, when you work with people, what does it look like to actually make that shift from seeing things uh, from the lens of secular and sacred to see things uh, from the lens of that everything is integrated? Yeah, I, th- I think it really starts with the word stewardship. Mm. When a Christ-following business owner and his wife or Christ-following business owner and her husband, when they understand, and, and again, I think this is a harder conversation for men than it is for women. I think women understand this. Well, this Everything in the world is integrated for a woman. That's right. So they don't, they don't do the whole compartmentalizing as well as we do. But once a Christ-follower understands stewardship, they start to understand, wow, my business isn't just for me. And they start to understand that shift from, okay, I'm a Christian who owns a business to, I want to create a kingdom company. And they shift from just giving a bunch of money away to realizing, wow, I've got all these employees. That's my real ministry that I can actually be a pastor in my own workplace. And when, when business owners together, a lot of businesses are owned by husbands and wives, when they together understand that their ministry is primarily to their people and their customers and their vendors, that's when the world starts to change. And there's a lot of organizations mentoring those types of people. Yeah. yeah so I think to just echo with that is just the fact that it really is just, 
dealing with a heart issue. And um, when we're dealing with, we're talking, I say dealing, when we're talking with other couples we're and trying, over the head to, the two by four. trying to walk alongside them and just um, allow God to change their heart. So every conversation from when we bring home our paycheck, you know, does God get the gross or the net? You know, just all of those conversations that if we're finding a lot of people don't have an upline that has taught them biblical, you know, uh, principles. And so starting at the very core, the very basics and saying, you know, is this yours or is this God's? So back to the stewardship conversation um, and then slowly seeing God change their heart in bigger and bigger ways. But every step is monumental in them just seeing their life as being way their faith should impact all 24 seven. Yeah, what's the when you guys are you know talking with people? You talk, Martha, you just talked about that heart issue. Mm-hmm. What do you think the biggest shift that you see people making when the, when that starts to happen? That that's like that one thing that everything else, that kind of makes everything else easier. That just starts kind of the dominoes dropping. Mm, when a- they when they realize it's not about them, you know that that when you truly realize that Jesus is Lord. That you're no longer, it, it's just, it's not yours. That, that God has a bigger plan in place. When a, when a Christian l- person in leadership, whether they're, they, they run their own company, they lead somebody else's organization, when they realize that the gifts, talents, and abilities that they've been given, that it's not about them, that God intends them to use those for his glory, not their own, and people start to understand it. And they start to realize that when they start to read their Bible and they start to see stories of people's radical transformation when they become Christ followers, that's when you start to see the walls come down when they realize it's not about them. And they realize that mm-hmm. their increase in their uh, income is not necessarily to increase their status of living, but to increase their status of giving. Mm. Uh, you know, I love that. And so here, here's a question for you, too. When you're, you know, entrepreneurs, right? You guys right you know we we have to make sales we have to look at our financials accounts receivable when a lot of these things when they kind of hit you know day to day things that we have to do planning mm-hmm. you know strategic you know long term planning you know monthly goals what advice do you have for people you know when we're kind of uh, you know operating in this day to day business mode with all the stuff we have to get done of bringing god into that part of our life it's so fun to start having the conversations about um, what does God want you to do with your p- accounts payable? What does God, you know, just encouraging them to ask the question, am I honoring God in the way I'm operating in my hiring, in my firing, in my, um, you know, the standards that I have in my HR manual, all of those things. I think just inviting God into the conversation um and acknowledging that there could be a, a a way, more powerful way to to conduct business. Well, and I think that Buck Jacobs, the founder of C12, said it best: is that we don't have a 24-hour day. Yet most of us live like that. We have a 23-hour day. That first hour of the day is the Lord's. And if we would spend that first hour of the day with the Lord, and, and really in quiet, it doesn't have to be. Praying the whole time doesn't have to be reading your Bible the whole time, doesn't have to be journaling the whole time. It could be a combination of, of many things. But those business owners and leaders, those people involved, no matter what their workplace could, would be, if we just spend 
our first hour of the day with the Lord, we tend to get so much more done than when we just jump in and start working. I think the average uh, Christian business owner is just always working, working, working. They don't ever take enough time to actually hear the voice of God. Yet if you want to have a transformational kingdom-focused business, you got to be able to hear the voice of God. And you're never going to do that if you run, 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 run all the time. you got to shut up and listen, and that's got to be in that first hour of the day. That's awesome. Yeah, I call it the sin of self-sufficiency because we jump up and we just start running on our own energy and our own, you know, uh, abilities instead of starting the day with plugging into the Lord and let him energize your entire day. You know, you mentioned Crown Financial and um, my husband and I went through it very early in our marriage and it was life changing, you know, um, and I love the, what Crown says. They say, find financial freedom, thrive in your career, live a purposeful life. And they, you know, walk couples through how to do that. And it, it's beautiful and it's all biblical. Um, I remember, the, you know, the first class talked about all the times uh, money was referenced in the Bible and you just literally go through. And I was like, whoa, I mean, it was ton, ton of scripture. Well, you 250 talk- verses on money and possessions, not to interrupt you, but. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so will you talk a little bit about Crown and how you use that and what you do? You know, one of the things, and, and Crown is kind of, uh, it's not at the forefront in uh, Christianity right now. They kind of lost their way. They just, but the but the material was so fantastic. It's now out there and they're kind of getting a resurgence. Crown.org, I believe is the website. They, it's a it's a discipleship method. When you start to teach Christ followers about the, the value of, or of God's perspective, his financial perspective, the finance King biblical finance, biblical principles of finance, when you start to teach them how much the Bible has to say practically about money and possessions, people really start, they they just start looking at the world differently. So one of the things that we have always realized is that when you share your own testimony, people can't refute that. You know, it's it's great to talk ethereal, um, but in with Crown, we have a personal testimony. Right. And so right. it's a part of our life. Um, in 1999, we went through the program. Back then, it was a very intense 12-week program of studying scripture, memorizing scripture, digging into your budget, tracking every single penny you spend. Every and it penny. was it was Everything. incredibly um, intense, intense, Arduous. but that's why it made such a difference. <laughs> how do you really feel, Jim? You know, it, <laughs> yeah, Jim, how are you, how you feeling about that? <laughs> it transformed our marriage. But we will. But we know that the toughness is what a lot turns a mm. lot of people away today because we want an easy, quick fix. But like Sandra, the fact that you can say today what the first session was about, you know, speaks to how clear. And the, the biblical truths can't be refuted. So for us, sharing our personal testimony of God saying, you know, you need to get to a point of financial freedom and being debt free so that if there is a time in your life where I call you to do something, you can't say, well, money's going to keep me from doing it. You know, if we were today in debt, um, we would be very, very tempted to say, Lord, I can't do that because I have bills to pay that are, you know, my own fault. And how, how does that sound, you know, to the Lord? So we, that's really been our testimony. So when we're walking other couples through it, we're able to share just from personal experience. And that's why it's been so impactful. I work it, for him radio would not exist if Jim and Martha had been in debt, period. Yeah. End of story. Could never have done. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. I couldn't be doing this ministry if we had not done Crown early in our li- in our marriage life. Mm-hmm. And what I love about it is they have all these free resources. I mean, it is. It's crown.org. So if you guys are listening out there and, you know, you, you think you're sitting pretty financially, go to crown.org. If you're struggling and need a budget, go to crown.org. If you're mm-hmm. in debt and you're, like, panicked, go to crown.org, no matter where you are financially, because, you know, you can plan your legacy with them, your will and your trust, your planning guide, or you can just sit down and do, okay, they have something called a crisis checklist. I mean, their tools are just fantastic. And I love, you know, we have three young kiddos and, um, you can start them out really young with their, with their methods, with this biblical method, because they have children's eBooks and children's, um, coloring books that Mm -hmm. talk about these financial, um, you know, premise that comes directly from the Old and New Testament. Uh, and, and I mean, it was. I grew up going to church every time the doors were open, but nobody ever talked about money, ever. And and so it was very awkward for me when um, Jeff and I got married and, you know, we're going to our church and um, our pastor one day talk, just preached on biblical financial principles and tithing and what that really meant practically. And he recommended crown to everyone in the church and we did it. And I was blown away because as you said, hundreds of times in the Bible, it's directly referenced on how you should spend your money, how you should save your money, what you should do with it, how you should run your business. Um, and, and how incredible, I mean, we have a business guide called the Bible. So Every Christian business person should be picking that up and running your business that way. And businesses that I've been blessed to coach um, and consult with, when we can shift their business management principles to biblical principles, 100% of the time, their businesses thrived at a level that they could not believe. Well, and that's really important, John, as I know you're thinking this question already, is that how does that stuff impact the business owner? But whatever's going on at home impacts that, that business owner. And if that Christian business owner has has started to get their own personal lives straightened out, they're working on their marriage, they're working on their finances, it will totally impact their business. And a lot of people just don't realize the impact of what goes on at home and how it impacts the, the your work. And once they start to realize that the Bible has a lot to say about it, they then are open to the ideas, okay, what's God got to say about my payables, my receivables, my employees hiring, firing, debt, think, debt. Debt within the business. Yeah, I mean, we had a we had a credit line with that we were using to build up a business and realized, you know, that was one of the principles that we learned in there that you know this was not going to be healthy for our our bottom line long term. So made some hard choices back then. Yes, we did. Yeah. Have you ever read Business by the Book by Larry Burkett? Absolutely. So Years that, ago, that's a book. When I first got out of my accident, was starting this coaching business. It was one of the first books recommended to me. And, you know, those listening, if you guys remember, Martha talked about, right, hiring, firing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, corporations, partnerships, you know, HR policies. Uh, in that book, Larry covers all of that in detail. That was huge for me. And like yeah. you said, um, Jim, right, Christians are some of the worst people to do business with, right? They expect you, hey, give me grace on this, on paying this bill. They they do all these different things, man. You know what? That, that doesn't, uh, that kind of stuff does not honor God. Not um, at all. No. And so I love what you said, though. You know, a big takeaway is, right, working on your own financial and spiritual health, your relationships outside of work is is really is is absolutely foundational and transformational for you to be able to show up at work uh, 
as a leader you need to be and to get the results that you want. Because in the business world, what gives us credibility to witness to other uh, other business people, especially ones that are not Christians, is um, excellence in the work that we do, how we do it, and the results that we achieve. That is what opens the door, I've found, for really meaningful conversations and influence in other people's lives. You know, one of the things that didn't, I don't know about the household you grew up in, John, but I know you got in trouble in high school and had to go to military school. So, you know, one of the things you had never worked for me growing Thanks. up. It's true, as, though. Do as I say, not as I do, didn't work in my house. You know, my parents would say, don't do this, don't do this, but that, they go off and do it. And so that I would say, well, if they can do it, how come I can't do that? Do as I say, not as I do, doesn't work. And so if we go to work, and our lives outside of work are a mess, and they don't reflect anything about God, and our marriage is a mess, or our finances are a mess. We come to work, and we expect our relationships to be solid, and we expect our finances to be solid. People are going to go like, yeah, something's inconsistent here. If people aren't consistent with with their behavior as a Christ follower, if our behavior is inconsistent, people naturally sniff that out. They're always looking for for fake Christians, people that they can they can sniff out a weakness. Mm-hmm. But if our if our uh, home life and Martha and I don't have a perfect marriage, we have a really great marriage. We just have learned how to say I'm sorry and please forgive me really quick and often and often because <laughs> we spend twenty four seven three sixty five and then we get cooped up in a Honda Odyssey and drive thousands of miles doing radio all across the country. I mean, we spend more time together in a month than most people do in a year with their spouses. Well, yeah. you know, that, and what you said is so true. Chuck Swindoll wrote a book called Living Above the Level of Mediocrity. Mm. And in that book, he talks about nothing in your life will be better than the worst part of your life. So if you got a bad marriage, you can't go to work and expect that to be extraordinary. It's, it's all going to level out at that part of your life that needs the most work. And I love the fact when you guys both said that you've discipled now a hundred couples. If you don't mind, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your your heart behind that and people listening out there saying, man, as a couple, I would love to be discipled as a couple. What does that look like? How how might somebody actually find that? Because I think there's very few people that are actually in what I would call a discipling relationship. Yes. So very... Early on in our marriage, we were in a small group, and one of our very close friends as a couple, their marriage fell apart right in front of us. And we were surprised and taken taken aback. And then as a result of that, um, just came to the resolve that we were going to do all we could to not have that happen again. As far as, you know, if there was anything, we can't care about a marriage more than somebody cares about their own marriage. But um, we wanted to be much more purposeful about um, helping marriages to survive um, and to thrive and not to be destroyed. And um, through that, we have learned that by when you pour into other couples, your own marriage gets strengthened. It's the secret to our good marriage. Well, it really is, because every time we talk with a couple and say, are you praying together? You know, we have to be asking ourselves, are we praying together as, you know, when we should, as much as we should, or um, about what we should be talking about or whatever it might be. Um, So it holds us to a level of accountability. So through the years, it's looked different. It's been teaching Sunday school classes of couples. It's been um, leading Crown Financial. We've taken hundreds of people through that. And most often that is done as was done as couples. And then most recently... In 2011, we uncovered a 
marriage mentoring program out of Bettendorf, Iowa. DareToBeDifferent.com, DareToBeDifferent.com. Matt and Pam Lair developed this marriage mentoring program for churches where it involves your pew sitters. It doesn't have to be run by a pastor. It involves getting your pew sitting solid married couples to invest in other couples who want to be mentored. Because one of the things in society today is that the kids, the married couples in their 20s, 30s, and 40s today, most of them did not, they don't have access to grandparents. Many of them grew up in households with broken marriages. They don't know what it really looks like right. to have a great, successful marriage. Everybody's people, geographically dispersed, so it's not yeah, like we can just yeah, go sit not... down with mom and dad, even if they do have a good marriage. Well, exactly. we, do have, we do have video today, but that helps. But we've got kids in Minneapolis, Iowa, and Jacksonville, Florida. Nobody's closer than 250 miles. And then grandparents in northern Minnesota and Arizona. So, you know, our kids don't have easy access either. And we just realized that this DareToBeDifferent.com program, it, it, it made it dummy-proof anybody could be a mentor if they just would follow the instructions. And we brought it into our church here locally, and now I've brought it into a couple of churches. But it is available in thousands of churches across the country, uh, and it is a great resource because any married couple can become a mentor to another married couple, and this helps them do it. And to be really good at it, it identifies friction points of a, of a married couple, and you walk them through how to solve problems on their own. Mm-hmm. Giving them the tools so that the next time they have um, a sticking point that they don't have to call Jim and Martha, they they pull the tool out of their tool belt and say, how should we be dealing with this? And mm-hmm. coming to an agreement, basically, they, they um, uh, uh, define the problem and then say, how can we agree to resolve this? And so we actually have a, a structured mentoring program that we offer to people that we ourselves can walk through, but people can do this all over the country on their own or through their churches. And, um, and then in addition to that, because of our entrepreneurial background, sometimes it involves getting diving into their business. And that's been a lot of fun. And because we love marriages and love feeding the marriages, that's when we started doing marriage retreats about a decade ago. And that's when we started doing marriage retreat cruises, where we just bring out 20 to 25 couples and just let them focus on their marriage where they have no internet, no kids, and no cell phone and work on the marriages and for a weekend. And they don't have to cook and clean and, and do laundry right, All that stuff, too. And it's not at a campground. <laughs> Go on a cruise. And it's, uh, and and it's been amazing. And the majority of our couples that come on our cruises are entrepreneurial. Yes. Because they struggle. Marriages and entrepreneurial marriages are, are under way more stress than a normal. Well, a different it's a different stress well, for sure. I mean, people that are bringing home a paycheck and work for somebody else eight to five, they have different stresses than couples who own a business. Yeah, well, my wife, you know, a year and a half, she left physical therapy to actually come and join me working together. And man, that's been a huge transition for us. And we've had definitely some highs and lows there. And, you know, at the today, it's one of the most positive things we've done. But, you know, we've had some great mentors and along the way, but I, I can totally get where you're coming from because it's really different, right? If I forget to do something and she's trying to hold me accountable, it's different when you're a husband and wife holding each yeah. other accountable for some of these business things, you know, than yeah. somebody at work. And, uh, uh, yes. but you know, I would love for you guys to talk if you don't mind, right? You talked about business as ministry, right? And, and just seeing the ownership, the stewardship and to menace, you know, a ministry, you have to minister to. So what does it look like as a business owner, somebody who's in a position of leadership in some kind of organization to minister to those people around them? What, what does that look like, you guys? 
<laughs> I, I think, you know, I, I like to tell stories. And instead of describing what it looks like, let's just tell you about Beatonbow Homes in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, Rick and Holly Beatonbow have been building homes along with their dad, uh, Mr. Beatonbow. I can't remember his. Ron. Ron Beatonbow for 30 years in Lubbock, Texas. Now every year they build about 1,000 single-family homes in Lubbock, Amarillo, uh, Midland, and Odessa, Texas. And uh, they realized about 12 years ago, hey, we're Christ followers. We own a business. Things should be different. So they decided they were going to start giving money away, trying to you know support missions overseas. And all of a sudden they realized, you know what? We have 170 employees. We're giving all this money away. We have all these people, and these people all have needs. And, and they all of a sudden realize instead of spending their money ministering to strangers, they've got all these people they can invest their lives in. So they all of a sudden started focusing on the fact that they've got people that need to be ministered to. And so they just started working on creating a kingdom culture, a culture where the people were a focus. They actually have eight people on staff at, at Beaton Bow Homes that are focused solely on ministry to the employees and the 2,500 tradespeople that build their homes across Texas. And it has transformed their culture. When people always, when, when employees understand that they're loved and appreciated and valued, and they see that through relationship and the company investing in them, you start to get significantly better results out of employees that, that work in that kind of an environment. And they had so much success. Uh, and one of their biggest things, this is, you'll love this, because we've all, you know, everybody knows about weekly meetings with your boss. Yeah. They schedule weekly one-on-ones with bosses and employees. They limit every supervisor to no more than five or six direct reports. And they schedule weekly meetings. They call them one-to-ones. Everybody's heard that term, but not like this. One-to-ones where they have a weekly meeting, an hour-long meeting with their direct report, that zero conversation about work. It's all about relationship building. What's going on in your life? How can I pray for you? What, tell me about this relationship. Here's what's going on in my life, your life. And that started transforming their organization. Mm-hmm. And the subordinate is the one that leads the, the conversation. So the boss isn't saying, I want you to talk about this, this, and this. The, the employee's coming in and, say, and, and leading the conversation, whether it's a sick kid, you know, trouble in their neighborhood, whatever it might be, they get to know each other. And we over and over again, um, and this is, I think, the key point, is that that was the highlight of most of the employees' week, that spending time with their boss was not intimidating, was not um, something that they you know, resented or said, oh my goodness, I must be in trouble. But it was rather, this is when I get cared for. And it is the highlight of my week. They genuinely knew they were loved. Yeah. So they're sharing that with companies all over the country. And I think that's the thing that I would say about business tree and that whole concept is the fact that there are companies yearning for this and saying there's more that I could be doing with this business that God has given me as ministry. And so these guys have, have developed a 501c3 called Kingdom at Work that um, is training other companies to go and do this for themselves. And that's the story. Yeah. When you start to see a business owner and leader understand that his people are his most valuable asset, which we say that, but do they really people yeah. really believe it? And they start investing not money, but themselves in their people and develop relationships. I mean, one of the most powerful stories, we sat around, uh, we did an interview with 11 employees out of this organization, just random employees, and said, Tell us, are these are your leaders really living your faith out in their work? Is it really true what they say? Every one of them 
reinforced it. Every one of them felt loved. And this one lady, young lady said, you know what? I found myself pregnant as a single mom. I'm a single mom. I found myself pregnant. And I thought I was going to get fired because I knew I was working at a Christian company. And mm. they loved and embraced me and they helped walk me through this. And they held a baby shower and they encouraged me. And I'm a single mom now. And I know that I was never judged or rejected because I made a mistake. And mm-hmm. and it was powerful, powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Kingdom yeah, at work. Guys, that's, that's so awesome. awesome. And Jim, I, I think I know your answer to this. <laughs> people say, hey, you know, people are our number one asset. And you just shared that at this company, they're meeting with their direct reports an hour each weekly. So we're basically talking five to six hours yeah. every week. Yep. And how many people out there just had the reaction going, that's awesome. There's no way I have the time to do that. But when you get the fact that you're going to get significantly more efficiency and effectiveness out of your people by investing in relationship, I mean, it's just, it doesn't make sense from a business mind, from the world's mind, but Romans 12, 2 says, stop copying the behaviors and customs of this world and let Mm -hmm. God transform transform your mind by changing the very way you think. That's the kind of thing that Jesus did. Jesus got... Optimum results out of 11 goofballs <laughs> that transform the world. And he did that through relationship. And that's what you can do to a company when you start to invest your life in those people. Yep. Well, and from a from a strictly, if you're just looking at it, you know, if you're listening out there and you're a numbers person and, you know, you're doing the math and thinking, well, you know, how much is this going to cost? If you go look at your expenses, your people are your number one expense. I mean, it is in 95% of companies in the world. So if your people are your number one expense, why in the world would you not take that five to seven hours, depending on how many direct reports you have, and invest that time? Because as we've talked on other, uh, you know, podcasts recently, when you are spending one-on-one time developing relationships with your employees, that develops trust. When you develop trust, people feel part of something. They're going to work harder. They're going to be more loyal. They will do whatever it takes. And then if you take it to the next step and you're pouring into them spiritually and, and unconditionally supporting them like the single mom, I mean, all of a sudden, your people are delivering at a 120% of their capacity. So this is a way to lead in business. Don't look at it as a drain. That's sort of, you know, your passion, isn't it, guys? Yes. Well, yeah, and it's the, go ahead. Well, and it comes back to the heart. It kind of goes full circle. This whole conversation goes back to that. If your intention for doing the one-on-ones is to increase your profits, (laughs) then it's the wrong intentions. But if your heart is right, and you walk out in that obedience, then the fruit is going to be immeasurable. And it kind of goes back to the conversation of Crown Financial at the beginning and tithing to a lot of people. That doesn't make sense. Why would I give away when I need all that money? Well, change your heart. What are your needs? What? How does God you know, use that um, in ways that of mathematical proportions don't make sense. And um, so it, it really is a heart issue. We've got to stop. Leading. Look, we've got to stop looking at Christianity like a religion and understand that it's about a relationship and that when Jesus, every person that ever met Jesus, their lives were never the same. They were radically transformed. And if your life hasn't been radically transformed by Jesus, have you really given him your life? Hmm. No, I, I love that. You know, and what, really what you're talking about is modeling what, what Christ did. 
right? It's right. about taking that sincere interest in other people around them. It, it's helping them. It's serving them. Uh, that woman, imagine how she feels about going to work, that she feels loved and accepted, and it's safe, right? And also right. in an environment like that, um, you know what? I'm, it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay for me to be human. Because guess what? At the end of the day, we're all human. And in, in a place like that, if I can drop my my masks and my facades and actually start getting, tapping into the person who Christ created versus that person I see in the mirror, because often there's a huge gap between those two. And as I start closing that gap, then guess what? I can start doing that for other people too. And now that would be an organization that who wouldn't who wouldn't just wait? We, we interviewed somebody the other day, uh, Jim, who said that there was a survey that came out and 76 percent of Americans on Sunday night thinking about the work week coming up have mm-hmm. either some kind of mental or physical illness thinking about going to work on Monday. Yeah. Right. Isn't that sad? And imagine if they realize that they're well. And imagine of those 76%, 36% of the United States claims to be born again. So if 36%, so that's half of those people, if half of those people realize that their workplace really was a mission field, that their workplace, that their calling to their work actually mattered to God, that their work as a as an engineer or an administrative assistant or a ditch digger or a salesperson – all of those in the kingdom are all important, then they rank up right next to the pastor and the missionary. There's no lower calling, no second-tier calling. If people understood that their work mattered to God, that would shift that paradigm for 36% of America. Yeah, absolutely. Now, hey, how do people – now, I, we talked to the, at the top of the show. I work for him. It's the letter I work, the number for him.com. How else do uh, people listening get in touch with the, the two of you? Well, on our website that you just listed, it lists all the ways that they can listen to our show when it is being broadcast across the country. Um, We also podcast on iTunes and Google Play Music and Stitcher and TuneIn and all those, you know, um, platforms. What else they could also get a hold of us on our, our – we've got a listener line, which we are trying to use to communicate with our listeners and let them tell us, hey, I heard a great story. You need to highlight this on the radio show, 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. And, and I think the other great way to get a hold of us is just an email, jim at iworkforhim.com or martha at iworkforhim.com. Mm-hmm. And on Facebook, it's iworkforhim. Instagram, it's iworkforhim. And people are just connecting us, and we love to hear the stories uh, we're booking stories all over Minneapolis, St. Paul, northern Minnesota. We want to highlight what God is doing. One day we're going to get to Colorado. Can't wait. Yeah, hey, you got a free place to stay. That's good. Come on That's- up here. We'll put you up. It'll be awesome. We'll grill in the backyard and have some great conversations. And, you know, as we wrap this up, I would just love just kind of the final thoughts for folks been listening into this conversation from from each of you. Um, I would say for me, the amazing thing is, you know, we gave some very specific examples, but this is happening all over our country. And people are waking up to the idea that they have been given um, an amazing opportunity to minister to the people that they work with, not just business owners, but um, even just who you work alongside. And um, so really what we're doing is just being that platform to get the mouth, the word out there, to be the mouthpiece and say, here is some things that are happening. Do they inspire you to do something different for the kingdom? And um, it's just amazing to see the way that people are waking up to um, the workplace. Here's my words. Your workplace 
It's your mission field. And in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers, our employees may ever meet. The job that you hold, the work that you do, the people that you work with, they need to meet Jesus. None of that is by chance. They need to meet Jesus, and you may be their only chance. Mm-hmm. Man, that is powerful. Thank you guys both for you know who you are, for sharing this just this incredible conversation. Um, I, I really want to encourage people to you know go to our Facebook and comment on this, tie into I Work For Him, support this incredible couple in the work that they're doing, get in touch with them, call their call-in line, uh, get to know them, because you two have just been an incredible blessing for me. Um, and I know, Sandra, you feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, you guys are walking it out. You're walking it out every single day and ministering, discipling people uh, to do the same. And there's nothing more powerful than that. You're an inspiration to Jeff and I every day. You know, we don't work together, but we both work from home. And that's just another hot mess, right? Because you're working for different things, but under the same roof. And so, you know, there's all sorts of work models out there. And you guys are ministering to all of them. And I just... You know, I think I'm your biggest fan. So (laughs) I know you're going on this giant tour across the country. So we just wish you all the best. You're going to be in our in our prayers as you do that. And, you know, guys, you're listening out there. You have to plug in to this group, to this ministry, to this couple. You will be absolutely blessed every single day by their content. Thank Mm -hmm. you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. you. 